You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. For Titus chapter 3, verse 1 through 11, if you're taking notes, we are only going to read verses 1 through 7. If you're taking notes, write down all the way through verse 11, and you will be encouraged as you go back and study your notes and get the full context. Everybody say, get ready, ready. stay ready, ready. be ready. ready. There we go. For every good work, verse 1, remind them to be submissive to, ooh, I'm just going to stop right there for a second. Wow. Anybody like that idea? Anybody, Anybody want me to just say, hey, remember when you go home to submit Ooh, no one likes that word. It's not our favorite word. When you go home and your parents ask you to take the trash out and you're tired, submit. Do you know that submission doesn't begin until there's a conflict of opinions? How, do, how would we model submission to God uh, in the way that we would model submission to our parents? Submission sometimes looks like doing the right thing, even though maybe your heart's not always there. But how many of you know taking out the trash is way more fun if your heart's in it, right? Anybody ever just feel like doing a chore at your house? Is, has anybody, just, just one more time, just so I can see who are all the selfish losers in here, uh, raise your hand if you have ever felt like just doing something good for someone else. Okay, okay, awesome. The rest of you were praying for you, amen. And so, and you're like, man, I'm just gonna go ahead and just, just do this because I think this is the right thing to do and I, it sounds like something I wanna do. I want to make dinner for the whole family. And then, Literally minutes later, you get a text on your phone and your mom or your dad says, hey, can you take out the chicken and start defrosting it and help us make dinner? And instantly you're like, I don't want to even do that anymore. I wanted to do it until you told me I need to do it. Anybody ever feel like that? For real. What is it in our hearts? What is it in the DNA of mankind that when we are told to do something, even if it's something we wanted to do, there's a, hmm, yeah. Just, I don't know. Some of us are really amazing servers. Do you know that the gifts of the Spirit go beyond just the really cool and amazing signs and wonders? They go beyond the prophecy and the healings and the miracles and the raising of the dead. Those are cool. But do you know that there's no use for those gifts in eternity? Who needs healed in the kingdom of God? For all eternity. Who needs a prophetic word once we've all gone to heaven? Who needs a miracle? Who needs to be raised from the dead once we're walking with Jesus forever and ever and ever? Amen. So those gifts are good for now, but what are the gifts that last and are transcendent from this age to the next? And that is the gifts that God has given you to be a giver, you to be a servant, you to be friendly, you to be compassionate, you to be hospitable. What does that mean? Yeah, it's good to pray for someone to be healed. Amen. It demonstrates the kingdom of God. We live in a broken and fallen world. You know what? You can't go out on the streets and pray for people to be healed and then go home and be a jerk to your neighbor. If we go on reading the scripture, it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities and to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves once were foolish. I could say once like every day, a couple of times. How many of us could say, I was foolish this morning? Amen? Being disobedient, being led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, public service announcement, P, 
PSL. Pumpkin spice, like it's coming around. I'm not saying that drinking your pumpkin spice latte is a sin, but has it become an addiction in your life? Who knows? Is that one of those pleasures that you go to first to receive joy and comfort instead of the Holy Ghost? Nobody talked to me this morning until I have my coffee. I didn't know coffee is what gave you your attitude for the day. Hello. Man, mom, I'm just sorry I'm being so rude and such a jerk. It's just you haven't made me dinner yet, and I haven't eaten for like six hours. I'm just getting hangry. I didn't know food is what makes you happy. I didn't know that food had the ability to cause you to be angry. I want, man, if so, if, if that's just like a scientific thing, I wonder how angry Jesus was after almost 40 days of walking around not eating. No wonder why he was being so short with with Satan when he came and started tempting him, you know? Hey, if you're hungry, turn this rock into bread. He just tells him the word of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone. He doesn't even give him anything else. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Okay, all right. How many of our pleasures now come from other things first than the Father? Oh, no, I'm not saying you don't love Jesus. I'm not saying that we don't know that we ought to turn to the Father and, and, and yes, God is love and I have love because God is love, but you know what? Someone was unlovely to me today, so I'm unable to be kind because I'm in a bad mood. I didn't know that someone's version of God's love towards you is how you, the only way you receive love. A lot of you are like, the only gospel you get is the one that someone has chewed up and regurgitated for you to have. And guess what? I don't see any of you still eating baby food in real life. So no wonder why you're getting a little hangry for the gospel and you're starting to go find it somewhere else. Oh, maybe there's something cooler out there. Maybe someone's got something better. I'm tired of this baby food. Amen. Get tired of it and dive into the source for yourself instead of choosing to turn to all the other pleasures. Mmm, that pumpkin spice latte. Amen. It's good. I'm going to get me one with oat milk this year. Praise God. But the reality is, are you a slave to the pleasures of your flesh? It's not just sex and lust. It's called lust hunger. doesn't mean you're lusting after things that are sexual in nature. It means you're lusting after desires of the flesh. What is that? Position, intelligence, beauty, favor, friendship? Sharing the gospel, being persecuted for his sake, says those are whom the world was not worthy. Did they need a friend? They had a friend. God the Father. And Jesus sticks closer than a brother. Passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Get that poop off my front yard. It's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. Going through inner healing up here right now, y'all. Like, it's, it's a real thing. So, but, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God and Savior, our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness. How many of you know? That this walk with Jesus actually is a whole lot less about you than you think it is. And a whole less about you than a whole lot of people have made it about. Oh, it's about me feeling happy. Actually, it's about you dying to your flesh daily. I don't think that that's a happy thing, but you choose joy. Oh, I want to do this. Well, the Word of God says you can't, so guess what? Too bad. <laughs> there, I have a friend of mine, and I would joke with him all the time. we say, hey, man, hey, man how you doing? How you feeling? He would say, it doesn't matter how I feel. It's like, amen, come on, that's right. Does God want us to feel sad? No, but oftentimes a lot of our feelings are stemmed out of the culture and the shame that Satan's put upon us. And so now we are all feeling sad and lonely and isolated and broken when Jesus is like, what's wrong with you? Like, I, I see you. The only reason why you feel that way is because you're trying to lay hold of the truth of the world instead of the truth of God. If you lay hold of my truth, you won't have any of these obstacles. If you continually lay down and put to death the deeds of the flesh, guess what? You won't even care about those things no more. You won't even like want to go to Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok for entertainment because you'd be fully satisfied in me because it says in his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. 
Ooh, that'll preach. Someone should preach that message. I don't know. All right. Good job. Moving forward. Here we go. Wow. He, Jesus, saved us, not because of works done in righteousness, which is another pursuing of our own pleasures, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to share with you Wednesday night. It was pretty great. We had an amazing guest youth group join us from Cisco Community Heights. Pastor Adam, he shared the message that night. What was so cool about this Wednesday night, yes, it was very fun, Survivor Night, Woods Behind Walmart edition, way awesome. Taylor and Melissa did a fantastic job. All of our leaders did a bang-up job leading worship, leading the events, building all the props and everything, and even cleaning up afterwards. It was amazing. It was at one point I sat back. I I thought, I don't even need to be here. This is amazing. All these awesome leaders and students stepping up to the plate. I don't even need to be here. I could could literally leave and everything would go perfectly without me. But the, the, the reality is God was doing a revelation amongst me, amongst Pastor Adam, amongst some of his leaders, amongst some of our leaders, and amongst even some of our students. And I got to enjoy my, my end of it a little bit differently than what I heard a few others. And Pastor Adam asked me to go ahead and share the story with you. It wasn't all easy. For me, I sat back and thought, oh, I could leave. It probably would, not probably, it would go just fine. And I was excited about that because when you see that happen, it's very rewarding to see how people support your team and support your favorite people and your leaders and all that stuff and your students. And I was talking with Adam on Thursday, Pastor Adam. He said as soon as he walked into this room, During the worship practice set, he said the message that he spent two weeks and about six hours within those two weeks actively sitting down, writing, preparing, studying. I know this guy knows how to study. I know he knows his word. I know he knows how to prepare. But he walked into this room and he told me that everything he prepared, even the Bible verse and why he needed to share it, was gone from his brain and it was not coming back. He had it written down somewhere, but his notes made zero sense to him. He read the Bible verse, and he had no idea why he was correlating that, and he, he completely lost track of all things and was just sweating all the way through. Towards the end of worship, I get up here, and man, I don't know if you were here on Wednesday, but the worship was amazing. The worship was on fire. I, I, was, I was down over here just enjoying every moment of it. And I don't know if you saw, but uh, Pastor Adam and Lori's daughter, Rosalind, was standing on the steps there, and she had both of her hands up, and she was dancing and, wor- dancing and worshiping the entire time. And I was talking with Pastor Adam about that, and he's like, yeah, you know, she doesn't get up and dance and praise like that, but when the presence of God shows up, for sure she is in the front and she is locked in. And so it was so powerful and so amazing. And I was standing there and I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, go put your hand on Taylor and Audrey. And I said, why? That's distracting. (laughs) Any of you argue with God still? No? Okay. He just just tells you that you're wrong anyways, uh, which is part of that whole submission thing. So, and I said, Lord, I don't, I I don't want to be distracting and, and everything's going great. Like, why would I need to go pray? Why would I need to put my hand on them? And he said, just go put your hand on him. I said, I don't feel like I need to pray anything. What should I pray, God, if I go do it? And he said, just go put your hand on him. I said, okay. <laughs> you know, I guess I'm the pastor. I get the right to do that. I get up there and I put my hand on Taylor and I put my hand on Audrey. And I just, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, whatever they're, God, I just thank you, God. It's so good. I just, I sat there and received. I didn't even pray. I just, I just enjoyed it. Put my hand on their shoulders and I got back down. Just, just, you know, obedience produces an outcome. I found out later that like they were really struggling 
emotionally with how everything was going. They thought it was a really rough worship set. And I'm, I'm going to just share you guys laundry right out there. It's awesome because Pastor Adam said the same thing. He forgot his whole message. The whole time he was preaching felt like he was saying nothing but random incoherent statements and really struggling the entire process. And even while I was up here and I said, hey guys, let's just, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute while we, while we call Pastor Adam up. And, and I wasn't expecting any major crazy move of the presence of God. But I'm going to tell you right now, Pastor Adam told me that every single one of their students said they have never been in a worship service quite like that. While I was up here just saying, hey, join me in prayer as we pray in the Holy Ghost. And we just prayed for 30 seconds. Two of Pastor Adam's youth leaders that he's been praying for that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit yet, no one prayed for them. They just started praying the Holy Ghost right then and there. God is doing something different. Different to what we have seen and experienced. I think that the key lesson he was teaching me, teaching Adam teaching Steve and Melissa and Audrey and Taylor and, and their leadership team is it has so much less to do with how we feel about it. I want to read this Bible verse in, in a sense of reality of where we live. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. That sounds exhausting. That sounds like hanging out with people I don't really like. That sounds like coming here on a Wednesday, on a Sunday, and not just hanging with the usual Joe. That sounds like us coming here and saying, hey, I've got beef with some friends, but I'm not going to let that get in my way. I'm not going to talk evil about them. I'm not going to backbite them. And when they're hurting, I'm going to do what I can to help them. Because guess what? We're not here for us. If you've chosen Jesus, you're no longer here on your assignment. You're on his You're no longer here for your pleasure. You're here for his. You're no longer here for your desires to be fulfilled. You're here to fulfill his desires. And oftentimes, I'm going to tell you right now, it's inconvenient. As long as we have the mindset that thinks life's about me. Life's about me feeling it. Life's about me getting it. Life's about me progressing. Life's about me doing better. Life's about me being loved better. Actually, the more you're like Jesus, the more the world's probably going to hate you. The more you cling hold to the truth of the word, the more people are going to reject you. I want you to look around the room right now, honestly, in everyone's eyes. Don't do a superficial, huh, clock, lights, panels. Okay, look people in the eyes for a second. The reason you're following Jesus is for that person you just looked at in the eyes. The reason that you have followed Jesus and submitted your life to him is to be that person's brother, to be that person's sister, even when it's annoying. Because guess what? The only annoying part about it is the flesh that you haven't put to death yet. I don't think Jesus would get tired talking to somebody. I don't think Jesus would get bored. I don't think he would become agitated. I don't think he would become short. I think he's got all the patience in the world because guess what? The first fruit of love is, love is patient. If we can't be patient with one another, bearing one another's burdens, then this whole walk that we're following is more about us than Jesus. And I don't know what kind of reception you'll have on that side of eternity when we see him face to face at the great white throne of judgment. And we're presented with all the things we've done on this planet. I was really great friends with all these people. That's great, but what about the people that opened their hearts to you that you just shut off? Well, they were kind of annoying. They took up a lot of time. They texted me at inappropriate times. Have boundaries. That's okay. That's healthy. Let's walk in boundaries. Let's walk in love. Let's not make this walk with Jesus about us. Because guess what? Today's message is 
Be ready for every good work. Get ready, stay ready. But to do so requires you to submit and obey. No one likes hearing that. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.